How you doing, everybody? The Chet Comic Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Course, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your host. Chet Kopic and Lester Munson. Time for uh, Sports Court. How you doing, everybody? I'm Chet Kopic along with uh, America's premier sports legal analyst, Lester Munson from ESPN. And, of course, we're brought to you by the marvelous people at American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service. Lester, right at the top, uh, Donald Fear, uh, best known for his... Uh, uh, war with Bud Selig about drug testing for Major League Baseball players. Brand new job. Why would Don wake up and decide, uh, I want to be boss of the National Hockey League Players Association? Chet, that's a really good question. I have pondered that. I have talked to him. Uh, he is very careful about what he says. As you mentioned, he had a very rough time on the steroid issue with the United States Congress, with Bud Selig, with his own players. His legacy up until that point was the legacy of an authentic hero to the players. He had done great Mm -hmm. things in the collusion cases and all the other things that he did for the baseball players. Then it began to fall apart in the steroids. He now goes to a union that is at rock bottom, the victim of a season-long lockout. They lost a good executive director, Paul Kelly. They have nowhere to go but up. I think maybe... He figures this is a way to repackage the legacy. If he can somehow do something for these players in the next bargaining cycle, he comes off uh, as one of the great heroes of ball players uh, ever in the history of sports. But it's going to be a real challenge. The owners in the National Hockey League are ready for it. You know, Lester, the risk of sounding uh, beyond uh, dark, if Don Fear were to die tonight, his obit would read as follows. Um, sports executive Don Fear collapsed and died overnight. Fear is best remembered for his uh, uh, his challenges against Major League Baseball and its attempts to uh, uh, implement drug testing. His his legacy right now is that of a guy who would not deal in common sense with uh, drugs and Major League Baseball. I, I'm I'm afraid that's correct. Uh, I had always been a big fan of his. He's easily the most articulate guy I have met in the sports industry. He somehow misread the steroid issue. He thought it was like alcoholism or addiction. It should be treated. It should be done in secret. In fact, it's not a disease. It's cheating, and it has to be punished in public. Mm -hmm. It took him four or five years to sort that out, and even then uh, he did not do well on that issue. The single biggest issue in baseball in the last uh, ten years, easily. Well, speaking of which, the the poster boy for... uh uh, performance enhancing drugs remains uh, Barry Bonds. You and uh, your pal Roger Kosak from ESPN have a gentleman's bet regarding uh, Bonds and what's going to transpire with the feds. And uh, I preface all of this luster by saying six, seven years ago, you and I had Barry Bonds uh, so deeply wrapped up in a jumpsuit, he could have been spending time in Alcatraz. There's no question about it. And uh, you are right. My colleague Roger Kosak and I have been having a... Uh a disagreement about this. We talk about it from time to time. He is convinced that the government has no case against bonds, that they will be unable to prove the perjury, and that the government will, this is pretty incredible, dismiss the case on the eve of trial. I am taking the other position on that. I think that with the girlfriend, with his former manager, and with some other witnesses, they can put on a case 
they have enough evidence to get the case to the jury for the jury's consideration. I'm not sure he will be convicted. But all of this, of course, is because Greg Anderson, the trainer, refuses to testify. Mm -hmm. He is steadfast in his support of his client, his friend, Barry Bonds. Uh, I would like to be on the receiving end of whatever Bonds is sending to Greg Anderson for this. Um, but that's the real, that's the real, it, the government has the evidence, but they can't produce it without Greg Anderson. But Lester, going all the way back to uh, former um, uh, Attorney General John Ashcroft, if the feds were to uh, drop a case on the eve of uh, uh, prosecution of Barry Bonds, there's going to have to be a fall guy. There's going to have to be a villain. There's going to have to be somebody who takes the punch for this. Well, who's going to wind up accepting the heat? Boy, now there is a very good question. The, uh, the only way, uh, the only scapegoat they're going to be able to find, I think, will be to blame it on Greg Anderson and blame it on his refusal to tell the truth to a jury in San Francisco. I don't think there's any question that Barry Bonds lied to the grand jury. The only question is, can they prove it? There, there's not any single one person that you can blame for this. It started with Ashcroft. We're now on our fifth or sixth attorney general. There have been five or six U.S. attorneys in San Francisco. This thing has gone on for so long, there's nobody you can really blame. All right, uh, Lester, let's move on. Uh, I find this to be rather intriguing. Uh, Jay Vincent, the uh, former Michigan State uh, basketball star, looking at uh, hard time. Uh, as you mentioned, if you're going to... Uh, uh, work as hard as Jay Vincent worked to con the public. Why not just work, period? <laughs> yeah, why, why doesn't he just go and get a regular job, show up, and work overtime? He is in, he produced a scam which required him to open an office, to advertise in newspapers and on television across the country, try to persuade people that they could make a career inspecting foreclosed houses. <laughs> and he got all these people to oh, send Lord. them $149 to be certified, $89 for liability insurance. He has to go in, open the mail every day, get all these little checks. Imagine all the work here. Just just managing the postage stamps was a big <laughs> job. And for all of this, he collected maybe $2 million, and he had to pay a lot of people to work there doing the mail for him, and he had a partner. So for, for this effort, which went on for three years... He and his business partner are going to end up going to jail. Uh, they're getting very close to a guilty plea in Grand Rapids, Michigan. All right, if you were the uh, if you were the prosecutor right now, uh, I'm handling Jay Vincent. Uh, you've got me. Uh, we admit it. It's around two million bucks, as you mentioned. Uh, lots of partners, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's going to be a tough trial for you to prosecute because of all the documentation involved. I'll cut you a deal right now. I'll give you uh, I'll give you 14 months. Uh, two years probation and a twenty-five thousand dollar fine. That's a good deal for both sides. There's no question about it. This is a very uh, big, burdensome case for the government to prove. They're going to have to bring in these victims from all across the country. Uh, they have ten thousand documents that they're now exchanging back and forth ever since he was indicted. And if the, if some if somebody if the judge or some mediator came up with a fourteen month sentence as a way out, both sides should agree to it in a minute. You know, Lester, how can the National Football League perpetually, year in, year out, find ways to be uh, so incomprehensibly stupid? I'm talking about uh, Sunday on the lakefront, the Bears against the Lions, the uh, touchdown catch by uh, Calvin Johnson, which, which in my opinion was a touchdown catch. Um, if you're a running back, you can swing your arm across uh, across dead air, and if you break the so-called plane, you have a touchdown. 
Yet the way uh, the National Football League describes landing in the end zone with uh, with a thrown football, uh, it would be easier to refight the Civil War for heaven's sakes. I mean, how do how do we wind up with a disparity where you can run and you can you can reach out with your arm and you have a touchdown, yet you can go up in the air, come down with a football, land on your backside, and somehow you don't have a touchdown? It, it is absolutely incomprehensible. The running back gets one treatment. The wide receiver gets another treatment. I, I don't begin to understand it. There's almost an equal protection argument. Some lawyer could fi- file a constitutional <laughs> case to set aside the rule. but the And when you watch the play, you know that is a fantastic play by Calvin. It looks like a touchdown. It's the kind of thing that should be on the highlight reel, mm-hmm. not on the controversy reel. I mean, it was just a spectacular play by a superb athlete and uh, the Chicago Bears. Our own hometown team here are very fortunate that that rule was there and that the referee decided to enforce it. Now, tell me what kind of a National Football League uh, mulligan was handed out because this happened between the Bears and Lions. The Bears, a marginal team, the Lions, the worst team in the National Football League. Lester, if that would have been, if that would have been a nightcap uh, ball game, for example, Indianapolis against New England would have been a high-profile ball game. The screams about that play would still be so shrill you wouldn't be able to hear. There would be a hearing in the Congress on Capitol Hill if it had been those two teams. <laughs> when it's Detroit and the Bears in the North Division, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Two also rans. I think we all know that. Uh, you can pretend otherwise if you want to. But the the amazing thing to me is the National Football League wants a high-scoring game. They want some offense. They want to protect the quarterback. And then they make the receiver go through this gymnastic to make it a touchdown catch. I, I, something happened in these rules. Maybe they'll wait a decent interval and decide to change the rule. Hey, my friend, uh, do you believe Rusty Harden, Roger Clemens' attorney, when he says, we were offered a plea deal. However, we won't accept it because Roger knows he's not guilty. I mean, when I heard when I heard Harden say that, Lester, I laughed so darn hard I thought my sides were going to split. Rusty Harden uh, is not having one of his great cases here. Here's a guy who has had performed miracles for various clients uh, all over Texas, and something has gone wrong here. He's not himself. They're not offering Clemens anything. Clemens obviously wouldn't take it anyway. Um, that's a case. Uh, that's going to be tried, and I'm afraid Clemens is going to be convicted, and he's going away. Um, if you're Clemens, what can you possibly do besides hope that Andy Pettit stumbles badly on the witness stand? Isn't isn't that your 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 ace in the hole? Is it somehow Andy stumbles? You've got to have Andy Pettit turn out to be a mediocre witness or worse which is highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy who has a solid Very spiritual foundation to his life. He's a guy of some level of principle, and he, he does make a great impression, big guy. I mean, the jury, I think, is going to fall in love with him. The other hope that they have is a brutal cross-examination of Brian McNamee. I sat there. I watched McNamee testify on, on Capitol Hill. To me, he had incredible veracity. He's all hunched over. He's got that weird New York accent, and he's got some kind of weird ways of saying things. But he had the ring of truth about him in contrast to Clemens, sitting two seats away, who you could tell was uh, lying through his teeth. You know, um, in the case of uh, in the case of Clemens, can you imagine Roger Clemens doing actual jail time? Would that would be like for a guy like Clemens, Lester, you know, 
I mean, we can do hours on how miserable life in prison is. Can you imagine how rotten life in prison would be for a guy like Roger Clemens? You couldn't put him with a general population. I, I don't think you could. They'd have to be very careful with him. Um, they'd have to figure out a place to put him. Uh, there would be all sorts of issues. He's a celebrity. There'd be a racial issue. There'd be people who could want to become famous taking on Roger Clemens. I mean, we're not dealing with Sunday school people here. This is... Uh, this is an interesting group of people. And Clements, who's been bulletproof all of his life, this is going to be, uh, you wonder how he will get through it. And we are uh, Sports Court. Thank you for joining us. On behalf of uh, Lester Munson, legal expert, ESPN, I'm Chet Kopic. We thank our friends at uh, John Coins American Taxi. Once again, for you people out in the suburbs, O'Hare, Midway, Billy Mitchell Field, whatever the case may be for suburban travel, remember, you always rely upon American Taxi for Comfort, convenience, reliability, and always the right price. We'll catch you next time around. This has been Sports Court. So long, everybody.